Jules said, hello and welcome to the YCM podcast. I'm your host, George Morgan, and we are back. We're back again with episode two. We made it. We made it. We're alive. Happy days. And I'm glad that you've, uh, you've decided to join me and my guest again. Um, before we start, because I'm extremely excited for this chat, um, I just want to big up some people, which, you know, you probably already know what it means from last episode. I just want to thank some people. So I want to firstly thank the Queen's Theatre Hornchurch. I also want to thank um, the Paul Hamlin Foundation for their support with Queen's Theatre Hornchurch's learning and participation programme. I also want to big up Doug Rintel. I want to big up Matthew Russell and James Watson. Um, big them three up. They've been extremely supportive for empowering us and allowing us to do this. So thank you, all of you. Um, now, onto the juicy bit, onto the, uh, you know, the bit when you bite into a burger and it's like, yeah, they cook that bit properly. I am here with my fellow change maker and a great artist that I admire and had a lot of fun um, researching and seeing the amazing things that she was doing um, as an artist working across different disciplines. Um, I'm here with Renee Walker. How's it going? You okay? I'm great. That was a really nice introduction. I've never been bigged up like that. Uh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I'm getting better. <laughs> small, small. <laughs> Um, but how how are you? How are you? How's your week been? We're recording this on a Friday. Oh no, it's not even a Friday. It's a Saturday. The days are just merging. Yeah. Man. The days are just merging. But how are you though? I'm really good. Um, yeah, it's weird to do a podcast recording on a Saturday morning. It's not like your typical day. Mm. Um, but I'm really good. It's uh, it's been a busy week, but um, mm-hmm. I'm learning how to slow down. Um, I'm learning how to do things that make me happy, like that's not work related or not creativity related. So yeah, it's been a good week of like learning and relaxing. Yeah, yeah. What are one of those things that you've learned to do which um, is not art related? Have have you joined the baking squad? Have you joined the gardening (laughs) squad? Which one? Well, not not baking or gardening. Um, mostly just eating in a in a way where <laughs> it's like you know it's not like excessive eating, eating my emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I just like eating food and watching good TV. So technically, it is art related mm-hmm. because sometimes when I am watching TV shows, I'm thinking, oh, this story arc is different, and this is the climax, and this is yeah. this is the, and I'm yeah. I have that, but nice. I try and unravel from that, and I'm also trying to learn to read more as well. Because mm-hmm, reading mm-hmm. apparently makes you a better writer. Don't know who said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to read more and I'm trying to um, watch different films, international films, like films that I wouldn't usually watch mm-hmm. um, to learn more and to just enjoy yeah. as well and be, be, you know, spice things up a bit. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. What, um, in terms of like films, I, def- I don't know if you have it, but BFI iPlayer is fantastic. Yeah. Um, platform where I've just found so many like great um, Mm. films international films to watch and and like you said like it's there's such great uh, stories out there and you know of course you know being a writer and and, and reading books I, I and it's not it's not the I don't know about you but it's not the easiest thing to kind of read books especially if like you're writing as well because both take that mental energy to do that However, I'm glad that you found that as um, something to do and, and something that you're enjoying mm. during this period. Um, but no, that's cool. I, I, um, I, want, I want to track back because I don't know if you remember this, but the first time, and we didn't necessarily meet, but um, 
it was I, I heard you speak when we were doing a Q&A for the um, Black Essex and Here um, chat. Do you remember that where Danielle hosted it? Um, it was that Zoom, the Zoom chat. It, um, was, it was like last year. I remember the event, but I don't remember going. I th- did you not go? I don't think I did. I, th- I remember Douglas sent me the link and I was like, oh yeah, I need to go. I don't know if my friend went, but I, I don't think I went. No, that's quite awkward. <laughs> we'll have to cut this out. Then. <laughs> I was like, do I just like go along? <laughs> no, oh no. I, no, oh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't talk there. I think the first meet no. must have been like a change maker meeting. Right, right, okay. See, I must, have, I, I must have got confused because we had a Q and A, and I would have. Where are you based at the moment? Essex, Rumford. I could have okay that's that's just my mistake we'll, we'll cut that yeah. out then complete mistaken identity there <laughs> it's fine that's awkward <laughs> it's fine these things happen but what will they they do happen indeed but it was a great and to big up Danielle and big up the theatres who were involved uh, the Queens and the Mercury Theatre um you know making that happen but also it's it's a thing in which it needs to continue to happen it's an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. and i believe everyone's aware and um like i said in the last meeting it's really you know being a board member it's nice to kind of see the visions and um and also where visions happen action must follow and you know ensuring that opportunities are given and and these stories are you know told so um we're going to move on to a little fun activity um which i may have told you we were doing but i didn't actually say what activity it was but um it's a word association game i wanted to quickly play with you just to just to so the listeners can get to know you better um so like how most word association uh, games work out i'm going to say a word and the first thing which pops into your mind you're just gonna say it, okay cool. cool all right i see a smile there let's keep it pg all right <laughs> <laughs> Okay, ready? Three, two, one, Essex. Black, I don't know why. I think it's because you said black Essex in here anyway. Mm, yeah, identity. God. Woman. Michaela Cole. Queen's Theatre. Douglas. Representation. Our stories they tell, cheeky blog. Yeah. Cinema. Daniel Kaluuya. Malcolm and Marie. Zendaya. Nice. Um, you know, I love that you plug that in because we are going to talk um, about your podcast, which is amazing, by the way. And I'm really, really fascinated with uh, that podcast as well as the perspective from you and the, your friend that you run it with, um, Amira. Amara. Um, Amara. Amara. Sorry, apologies. Amara. Um so we're going to move on to that in a moment. But it's really interesting to hear, and I did the same thing with um, Ollie, our last guest, and it's that interesting kind of quick fire, okay, what's what's this person? And Daniel, um, Daniel, absolute legend. I literally, you know, before, <laughs> before preparing for this, I like to kind of have like some uh, time away looking on YouTube. I was literally watching him on the Graham Norton show and he's such a charming yeah. dude, such a charming. And I'm really looking forward to his next movie um, coming out with, uh, what's the, the guy from Get Out? Keith Sanfield. I can't remember the, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that it's, movie. I think it's, um, looks, uh, 
Black Judas, the, the Messiah and the Black Judas, something like that. Black Judas, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you saved me there because I should know the title. But you know, I I've watched the film, it's, it's so looked... I... Seriously? How... Is it yeah, out? Yeah, I'll send you I'll send you a cheeky link. Oh, wicked. I'm, I was really and looking it's, you know, forward to it because it's getting a lot of buzz. Well. It's not like any, like, it is yeah. quality. Like, put your laptop up, get yourself a dinner, some yeah. dinner. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, please do, please do. Um... So, in terms of, and, and I want to um, move on because, you know, we uh, have been working together as, as change makers, producing things, etc. And I'm really excited for this talk, like I said at the start, because um, I get to research, I get to look at the things you're doing, and I get to know you on a better, uh, deeper level. And I want to, I want, I'd love for you to kind of expand a bit about. Um, your faith and especially your faith across uh, the different projects that you do um, how does that play a role in and yeah speak speak me through perhaps some instances where you know you've had to I guess speak up and and really kind of dig your feet into into the mud and 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 um, yeah you use that faith um yeah so I guess my in terms of like the narratives that I write because I li- I like to write mm-hmm different stories for stage, for screen, and even mm-hmm. poetry as well. They're always birthed out of experiences or observation, and they're usually connected to this idea of identity. Like I love, yeah. I just love the whole idea of identity. I love shows that explore mm-hmm. identity, and I think it's such mm-hmm. a complex thing, and it's something that I don't think I'll ever get a complete, solid answer to, um, especially in contingent mm-hmm. to my faith as well, because, um, you know, faith is not an easy road. It's not an easy journey. There are questions. There are... Mm. Um, there are um, trials, there's tribulations, there's just different things that come of it. But there's also um, there's also beauty in, in marrying your faith and identity and stuff like that. So I guess when I became mm. more solid in my faith before growing up, I was just like dragged to church and having to go yeah, through these yeah. long services <laughs> and like them yeah. really like praying powerfully and me just being like just let's just go home and let's just wrap this up. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, and then when I got to university, I was like. I kind of like moved away from my faith, you know, started mm-hmm. doing things that um, were out outside of the norm, you know, things that you don't get to do at home because you're in a strict household. Yeah. I just thought, yeah, let's just go. 100%. Let's just like, and then I was just like, I don't like that. I don't like this me. And mm-hmm. this is not, this is not me. And so when I kind mm-hmm. of connected with my faith outside of what my mum had taught me and outside of um, all the stuff that I had known, I was like, rah, like, Jesus, mm. hey, yeah. what's up, man? Like, what up? <laughs> like, I, I discovered faith for myself, and obviously, I'm a Christian, specifically speaking. If you don't, if you haven't, you know, got the impression already, but yeah, so I started like, yeah, kind of learning the Bible by myself and going to church by myself, mm. and then that kind of married to my creativity because as I was developing in my faith, I was developing in my creativity. Before yeah, it was acting, yeah. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be with Daniel Kalia in the film and I'm still hoping for that yeah. day. Um, 100% believe it. Believe yeah. It. yeah. And yeah, so, but then I moved into writing, I discovered writing and a lot of the things that I'd write was naturally connected to my identity, which is connected to my faith. So it would just, mm. you know, it would naturally spill out. So I guess mm. that's, I, I hope that answers your question, but also there are things that have I've gone through in terms of identity issues and questions of faith that I pour into my writing to my writing as well not just mm, like the clean mm. pristine perfect life yeah. if that if that makes sense yeah that that makes so much sense as well because i don't think i've told you or kind of i guess i have in a sense publicly come out um about like my faith as well and and growing up in in a christian 
in a house in a household which went to church and um I 100% resonate with you where you're saying um, one has to come to a point where you've got, I guess, religion. You've, 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 you've got religion and you've got the kind of traditional values which come with, you know, that idea. But you've also then, you have to come to a stage where you have to ask yourself, you know, do I believe in this higher power? Do I believe in God? And what does my relationship look like? And I think for me, um, I was kind of, and I guess I still am at that point where I'm like, okay, I understand religion and it's just not for me, but I want to explore what it is to have this kind of relationship which transcends um, into into something a lot more deeper. And it, it sounds amazing in terms of, um, and I think it's so important because you do get those art projects or those films, and I'm not going to name any in particular, that forget to look at the conflict of faith and forget to look at the true because everyone has a story and some of our stories may be, you know, and, and it's all very subjective, but some of our stories may um, have a much longer, I guess, period of conflict, which one deems to be a lot more quote unquote dark, you know, in a, in a much darker phase mm -hmm. of their life in comparison to others, which may not have experienced mm -hmm. that. And what I'm trying to say is um, I'm really glad that you're not, you're, you're, you're getting into that. You're getting into the, the truth of you know of faith and and the pros it brings the cons it brings the highs it brings the lows um it brings so yeah, yeah no, I, I think you summarized it really well and for me i've discovered that there are more there, there are more kind of lows in faith that there's no disadvantage in being a child of god i mm. i personally think mm. i there is complete freedom for me where i don't have to conform to the world where i know that my identity transcends what my successes, my achievements, mm -hmm. um, the people around yeah. me, what people have imposed on me, the traumas that I've experienced yeah. as well. Um, and it's it's mm -hmm. connected to, to an eternal power. Like when I'm done here mm. and it's like, gotta go, I know that it's not just, I'm mm. not just gonna be a body in a yeah. casket. I know that I'm going to be in heaven with my fa heavenly father. Yeah. And I know that there's not gonna be yeah, any pain yeah. and anguish that I'm experiencing now. That's the hope that yeah. I look forward to. And that's the hope that I like to leave at the end, even when I have those questions. Sometimes, mm. Not every story is going to be like, and Jesus, and then that's it. It's because sometimes mm, the story mm. is still a dot, dot, dot. And I, you know, there's no point lying yeah, and yeah. trying to put that at the end. So, yeah, I like the way you kind of, you know, summarised yeah, it. Yeah, no, and that's And that's beautiful because that hope brings a peace, doesn't it? It brings a peace to um, your, your daily life. And, of course, like, you know, referring back to, yes, even though, that does bring a peace and it's that, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, that constant aff affirmation um, because, you know, to my understanding, and I guess this is kind of speaking more for myself, yeah. faith wave, it wavers, it goes up and down depending on what day, but it's it's that hope which you which you alluded mm. to, um, which is a really beautiful thing, thing to talk about. And I think it's so important to include that in your writing and to include yourself and what you've gone through and what you're going through in these questions, because I forget, I, I, you know, I forgot who said it, but it's like, you know, I, I'm a massive believer when I write like this too, but I believe the more specific you are about whether it's circumstance or identity, the more it will resonate mm. because we are not alone in that respect. And there's people going through very similar things around the world, you know? So it's, it's amazing um, to hear that and amazing. And I'm sure, and I know that your work resonates with, you know, the work that I, I uh, managed to have a look at on, on your mm -hmm. site. So oh, you found my website. That's, 
Yeah, I did some research. I went. No, I, I didn't dig too yeah. deep, but I, I had a look at it, and it and it's some really awesome things that you're that you're doing. And we'll. I'm not going to ask this question now, but I'm really intrigued about like how you work across different disciplines because I think, and I was chatting to um, someone about this yesterday, and like it's. On one side, it's a necessity to be able to kind of work across different mediums because one always has to, and I guess it's just the the way how the industry works in terms of uh, wanting to box you in and and just reality of streams of income, you know. Um, But on the other side, it's like when you can work across different disciplines like yourself, when you are talented enough to do that, it's a really cool thing to do. And it's like one how do you choose when you want to? Is it opportunity which leads or is it idea that leads? But we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that because that's a really interesting conversation which I'm kind of even going through myself at the moment. Um, but I wanted to um, move on to your podcast, um, Our Stories They Tell, which, man, I had to listen to and it's fantastic. And again, another plug, uh, Rene and a, and a friend has their podcast. It's Fantastic. And the first episode, correct me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Queen and Slim. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And I, oh, my experience, and I'll let you talk about um, why you start the podcast, um, the purpose of it and what you hope to achieve. But just to kind of touch upon my experience of watching Queen and Slim, I remember, I, I love to go to the, the theatre and the cinema on my own. I'm, I'm one of them guys okay. who, you know, who, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it. And um, I went and watched Queen and Slim on my own. And it was this, it was, it then just kind of, I took it as my own, my, or should I say our Romeo and Juliet, you know, mm. it, it became so relevant for me. It was such a beautiful story. Um, and it just stayed with me for such a long time. Mm. Um, and, you know, I ain't going to say that I cried or anything, but I don't know. It may have been the wind <laughs> going in my eye. It may have been me crying. I you don't cried. know. I can't really you remember. Cried, cried. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's fine for guys. It's exactly. great. Yeah, but I did, and and um, it was it was such an emotional uh, and beautiful thing. This exploration of love. But coming back, see, this is how my brain works. I just like jump from place Same. to place. But I want to come back. I want to come back to your your podcast. Tell me about um, our stories they tell. Why you started it? The purpose and yeah. Yeah. yeah so our stories they tell. Um, it started with a conversation at dinner at my friend's birthday dinner actually with Amara and she was just like why are there a lot of like YouTube videos and like channels you got you know you got Vanity mm. and you got the round the director's round table talk I don't know if you've seen those where they get like a group of directors yeah. or actors and they mm-hmm. talk about films mm-hmm. critically and their work and their experiences and I'm like I don't yeah. see I don't really see that much representation with black women. They might put the odd, like, yeah. Lupita in there or the odd, you know, Zendaya mm. in there. And I'm just like, they're, they're, mm. there's not a lot, but it's just like one out of eight. And I'm like, why is yeah. that a thing? I feel like um, the work that black women do um, in film and in TV and even in on stage is like, it should be critically mm. discussed because it is the same exactly. level of, of art and expertise they put in people who are non-black. Mm. So like, why is it not being yeah, discussed yeah. in that way? So we wanted to create a platform where we critically um, discuss mm. the representation of black women in film, TV and everything in between, but also create a platform and community where people can share their stories because we have a segment called The Story mm. I'll Tell. So grassroots kind of mm. writers and storytellers yeah. will come and share a story and um so you had thomason on it i had well, thomason thomason adepeju such a great he's, director he's, he's yeah. the coolest um and the nicest guy as well and um yeah. yeah 
dresses like an absolute gent, doesn't he? He's like, I don't know. He's just so, <laughs> so, so smooth. smooth. Yeah, that's the word. He's just so smooth with it. Um, and uh, yeah, so we had, yeah, we have people like, as George said, like Thomasin and Peace and Peace Osienum is, is a actress. And um, we had Laurel Jones, who's a producer, just like we've recorded an episode mm-hmm. of her this week. So it's amazing to like kind of, it's kind of a multifaceted platform. So you have us reviewing films mm. and TV shows that we love or hate. And then you have yeah. um, grassroots, you know, storytellers and writers that really want to kind of, you know, make a living um, and need to be yeah. heard. And then you have experts in that. Well, not experts, but people who are changing the game. That's why we call them mm. conversations with change makers. Because Thomason, I believe, is a mm. change maker. Peace is a change maker. Laurel's sure. a change maker. Yeah. So Ella Bennett, mm. change maker. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a summary of it, if that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 amazing, and I and I love that. And we need those spaces where um, there is a critical um, discussion about um, black women, uh, women of color, in and, and about their work, about them. Because I think it it must have been the last um, the last roundtable discussion that I saw where it was Regina King. Um, and I believe there was another director of colour, but that was that was it in terms of women of colour, and it's just not enough. It's not good enough, um, and and it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing, and I believe and hope, and you know, it will continue to gain traction, and the um, at the right traction that it deserves. Um, I also I, and I wanted to touch about especially the way in which you analyse these films, and especially in the title our stories they tell and specifically as a case study for this um, brief conversation about because I I watched Malcolm and Marie not too long ago and I'm intrigued to hear your response and I'm going to veer this conversation to the director and um, who for the for the ones who don't know you know is a is a white male um, telling a story if you haven't seen Malcolm uh, and Marie which once you see it, and it's on Netflix, it's this beautiful love story which heavily, heavily, heavily talks about um, black identity in America. Like it, it's it's beautiful. It's sprinkled with so much of that, and I was just intrigued. And I know it's a big question, but what's your idea about this, you know this man telling a story like this, and me leaning towards the question of does he have the creative license? And if so, what should what should creatives be aware of when they are taking a story um, where there is where the cultural representation needs to be looked after? Mm, that's a really good question. So, I I one of my favorite people in life is Zendaya. I used to be obsessed with her when I was young, um, mm, and mm. so when I when this film came out, I was really excited. And John David Washington is a brilliant actor like brilliant and so i was i was just like wow you got two beautiful black people telling a love story this is going to be dope and then i watched it and i was like oh Mm, oh zendaya (laughs) i was rooting for you um and i'm still rooting for her and i'm still rooting for john david Mm -hmm. washington and i still think sam levinson the director is a cool guy but i do think Mm. that um it (sighs) i just i didn't completely believe it that I'm just going to put out that I didn't believe it. Um, and I think um, with the whole debate with Sam Levinson and um, and him telling a story that is um, through mm. a black man, you know, using him as a vessel to, to, yeah. to kind of, you know, kind of articulate his yeah. frustrations about the industry and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. 
I don't necessarily have an issue with it. I'm not going to pretend I'm like, wow, and start doing all this like political mm. active stuff mm. that and start using all these terms. That I don't even know the definition. Mm. I don't really, I don't really, I'm not that concerned about that. But I do think in terms of creative license, to go back to your question that I, I, I said in the pod, because we've done a review on it, I said that I just interrogate why you feel the need to tell a story through yeah. a person that doesn't mm. look like you, that is not of the same, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm. ethnicity of you or whatnot. And um, can that mm. story go into better hands? Um, and if you yeah, yeah. do feel a urge in your spirit to do that story, then you have to ensure that the collaborative process is, sure. is, yeah. is just, com- like you said, it has to be taken care of, You that you have black writers reading it you have a you have a a writer's room of black people interrogating your mm. script that's how far i would stretch it to because you are you are literally mm. using a black mm. man to articulate for your frustration yeah. so people are going to feel a way about it so you need to understand that if i'm going to mm. cause this stir and controversy i'm doing it for the right yeah. intentions for the right reasons and i have um exactly. and even like when i thought of that I, i'm writing a script right now i finished writing the script and it's about a black man and all the people that i've sent it to to read mm. They're not black or men. Well, they've, they've been black, like black females, but they're not... I haven't sent it to mm. one black man, except for Thomasin. And okay. it's like, that's what I should have done. Mm. Even mm. if a black mm. man writes a story about a black woman, that doesn't make it better just because they mm. both have the commonality of being black. Do you know what I mean? There's a different yeah, experience because yeah. they have different gender genders. So yeah, I'd yeah. say, now I'm changing my stories for a black female. So... <laughs> That, that, that triggered yeah. me. And I watched Michael and Marie and we were talking about it. I was like, right, right, I'm doing the same thing though. Do I need to tell yeah. a story about a black man? Can it go into the hands of someone else? Is it more about mm. my experiences channeling yeah. through a black... That sort of stuff. Were you going to say something? Yeah. It, it, it is, no, it's such... You've just like hit the nail on, you know, so many different kind of critical theories about representation. Mm-hmm. And I 100% agree. And I like... Because I was... Before this chat, I was thinking about like this notion of creative license because at the end of the day it is a notion it's something in which um i believe and this is my opinion i believe that it's either self-given or i guess given to you you know um through a societal kind of um um what do you call it uh, for a societal kind of uh, exchange and and by by what i by what i mean by that is you know as an artist, you are sometimes told, okay, like, it's okay for you to tell this story and someone else may encourage you to do it. Um, and I'm not saying either or right, but what I'm trying to say is that that notion, I believe, will tends to change over time. Because I was thinking back when, you know, and this is kind of just an out there uh, comparison, but when blackface was quote-unquote um, okay to do, like... I assume those artists said, okay, well, this is my creative license to do it. But now when we look at blackface, it's like, well, of course that's a that's creative license. That's nonsense. It's full out racist, full out shouldn't be doing it. And I'm making that link to say that today's idea of creative license, would it change in the next 20, 30 years? Mm. Because we could already see it changing with um, how, especially on social media, on Twitter, when, you know, people are challenging these artists who are using, like, um, Washington, a vessel um, who doesn't look like him to tell a specific story. People are challenging, people are speaking Mm -hmm. up. And 
I guess there's definitely a positive in the refinement of what um, one's creative license should look like, but there's also no rules and regulations, isn't there? So what, what I'm doing is I'm playing devil's advocate here to kind of say that I completely agree with you in terms of there needs to, the process needs to be inclusive, especially of the people who the, the story is about. If it's not, you're doing a massive disservice. Um, but I also think as well, with your case of one, of writing a black man and then thinking, hmm, should it be that? I also, it's an interesting one because I think that, because I, I did a recent uh, workshop with Temi Wilkie um, about intersectionality and it was just a fantastic workshop which really just opened my eyes to kind of like, you know, the desire and the ability to truthfully represent um, people who... You, which uh, of people who don't necessarily um, look like you, and it's it, it just comes back to the process. I think it comes back to that process and that care and that desire, but also to be questioned, like you mm -hmm. said, to have this group of perhaps black writers and saying and and refer back to um, what's that um, did that Pixar film? Is it Soul? Um, where he like it's a, it's written and directed by a, a, a black man, and he 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 done he that's what he did. He had um, a group of um, African Americans, and I might be referring to this wrong, but from what I heard, he got them to kind of say, "Does this make sense? Do you is this realistic?" And having that, and I think that is exactly what you said. We should be upholding that for everybody. Everybody should be you know, I believe upheld for that. But it's it's such an interesting conversation because we then kind of dig into the facets mm. and um, facets of representation. But yeah. Mm. yeah. It's interesting and it's complex as well. And I'm mm. always careful when talking mm. about it because sometimes it can be you. Sometimes like I, you can be going ham on Sam Levinson and I'm just like, wait, haven't I got a script mm. that I'm, you know, and I had this <laughs> collaborative process. There's no sense of, you know, looking at my intentions mm. and stuff. So yeah, but you summarise right, it well yeah. and you do need to look at both sides. It can't just be blanket don't do it and blanket um mm. do it you know is there's always nuances and yeah. stuff yeah yeah well i i can literally you know go on talking about this for hours because i'm super interested about representation and the current state of representation not only in cinema but also in theatre also in Essex as mm. well and um, it's getting better shall we mm. say it's, it's getting better um, and, and we're hopeful um, but I did want to uh, move on uh, to the Q&A and it's been such a great talk which I don't really want to um, have it come to a close but um, you know for the listeners this is a, a, a Q&A um, because all of the change makers are artists and in my uh, perspective are very talented artists, especially being able to chat here with Rene. And Rene, I wanted to ask you uh, the first question of what would your advice be um, if an artist wanted to work across different mediums? Because like I said, having a look at your work, you don't only write poems, but you know, you write for theatre, you, um, you write for film, um, you're doing a podcast, you're doing a lot of great things. What would your advice be in terms of, let's look at it from a logistical point of view, and let's also look at it from like an artistic point of view, if yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'd say that... I'd, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, like, be... Okay, I, I'd say in terms of, like, practical advice, I always found it... I don't... I'm not... Um, 
I'm good at juggling things. Like I'm, I'm good at doing that. But I find that mm. when I'm juggling things, something is there's there's a I'm compromising something else. Something will be compromised I if see, I'm writing yeah. a play and I'm writing for screen mm. and I'm recording an episode mm. for our stories they tell and we're banging out episode. Yeah something will, mm. there'll be some sort of compromise somewhere so i've learned mm. that um it's okay to be multifaceted and have all this so artistically mm. speaking it's okay to have all these ideas and want to wear these different hats but i will say mm. that nurturing one and doing that well is so important so mm. when i mm. wrote, wrote my first film double edge i say my first film the film before that was trash so we're not even going to count that in when i watched <laughs> when i wrote double edge um that was that was what I was doing. It was just double-edged. It wasn't me mm. trying to do different mm. things. I was at uni as well, so I, I couldn't even mm. if I wanted to. So I had to focus on double-edged. And then at some point, I was in drama school. So I was at university. This is not me trying to gas myself up. I was going through it, guys. <laughs> I was at University mm. of Loughborough. I was going to a part-time drama school in London every weekend from Loughborough. Wow. And I was also creating a film. <laughs> wow. It's, wow, it's wow, not, wow. And it's not me being like, yeah, that's... so like that's how you do it. I, I struggled yeah. mentally. It was a lot. And um, I think artistically speaking, if you're good mentally, you'll be good artistically. Mm. You shouldn't be that tortured artist right. that's like, I have to wake up and yeah. at 5am and spend hours and hours <laughs> till this artwork is finished. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't be a slave mm. and don't idolise your work to that point because it, mm. there will be compromise mentally. And I think your mental health is more mm. important. But I will say nurturing mm. and focusing on one thing first actually really helps. Mm. It's okay to have these ideas. Park, park it somewhere. Put it on a, you know, in your folder and visit it later yeah, and the, yeah. the timing will align as well and you'll see that 100%, do you know what I mean yeah. so yeah 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 I'd say and, that. And, and just to like echo what you're saying as well because like I have projects as well which like let's say I, I wrote last year January which I which may not be finished or are finished in certain cases but you know you've left that um and you could always come back to it and I, and I definitely feel like in my kind of very short experience it's when you are juggling, you're inevitably inevitably going to have to sometimes, let's say if you get a commission or you're just kind of, you're, or you want to take one thing forward, you can always return to the other things, but then you kind of, some for some people, you may have to just kind of go tunnel vision on that. And I think that's really, really great advice, especially about, you know, that kind of tortured artist trope, which I think um, a lot of people are aware of. And it's just... You know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that because yeah, it's definitely about like mentally uh, and mental health because um, that's the most important. You know, mm -hmm. so great, great, great advice. And last question is, um, and and this really interests me in terms of identity. Um, let's say there's a new up and coming writer or, or just someone who wants to start writing more, um, open up their avenues. How would you advise them to write about their identity? Um, which is a very difficult question, but what tips have, what things have worked with you? Is it something in which outside of the writing process, you're constantly doing something um, to get to know yourself better? Or, you know, what, what advice would you give to someone um, who wants to kind of have their identity more in their work? Yeah, I'd just say... Um... I just say, I just think the best pieces of work are the most authentic pieces of work, really and truly. Like, um, if you're, mm. I think writing and storytelling should come from a place of truth. And so I'd say really interrogate the stories you tell because mm. you can be telling a good story, but it just might not be authentic or true. It could be yeah. a great story and really impressive, mm. but I'm more like, 
I like impact more than impression. That's that's the that's the level I'm trying to be on now. Where it's like you, yeah. two people might watch like one of my films and be like, "Wow, like yeah. that's changed me. I cried or something like that." And I could mm-hmm. make another film that was all like had all these big names just for the sake of it, and like loads of people could watch it. But yeah. I still feel empty because I just know that that wasn't from a place mm-hmm. of truth. It was a place from where I'm trying to impress. So always, I say, in- yeah, interrogate yeah. your why. Um, interrogate for why sure. you feel the need to tell the story. Um, and mm. look at um look at the gaps and fill them up like there is no Mm. one like you there is no one like me there's no one like george there's no one like any of us and no one can tell our story so your story matters Mm. and there are ways to tell your story without having it to be like for it to be like a biography of you it doesn't have to be like a documentary Mm. or whatnot Mm. there are ways to use characters to channel some of your things and i actually think every character will have a bit of you in it whether you like it or not will have a whether it be a question whether it be a thought whether it be a season of your life will have a bit of you so Mm. yeah that's what Mm. i'd say i'd say right from a place of truth and seek to try and make impacts opposed to impress people and you'll know when you try and impress people we, we all sense it we know it because people mm, can smell mm. when you're being a bit false or mm. fake you can sense it your friends can your family can so keep yeah, those people yeah. around you as well to kind of check you that's what i'd say for sure great that's great advice to end on um and renee it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you um and thank you for just dropping so much nuggets of knowledge and, and wisdom for our listeners um so once again thank you and, and chat to you soon yeah thanks it's been really great you're really you're a good host you might have to take it as a full-time thing oh appreciate it appreciate it thanks man all right see you later Bye. Hi there. If you really enjoyed my chat that I had with Renee on the YCM podcast, do join me next week where I get to speak to another two changemakers. You heard me right. Two. Double the trouble, double the fun. Where Ashley Mandil and Rob Barnes have a chat with me about reconnecting and collaborating when they came back from university, as well as balancing their work life and artistic pursuits outside of work. Join me then.